All right, everyone. Good morning and welcome to the new media show. My name is Todd Cochran. Of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Rob Greenlee. Good morning, Rob. How are you? Hey, Todd. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm doing fine. Well, we're, uh, it, it's, it, you know, what this week <laughs> of all weeks, it has been, I feel like I've burned a candle on both ends. It, it's busy. You've yeah. been busy? Oh yeah, definitely is. It's been a lot going on. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of uh, you know recordings with other podcasters. I've been doing some interviews. I'm probably doing three to four, five interviews a week now. So it's, that's a it's lot keeping me busy. And um, and then the two podcasts that I do every week. So it's definitely uh, keeping me busy. And then I keep hearing all sorts of interesting things. I've been on a few conference calls with a few big networks that are looking to to um, add more shows or whatever kind of kind of move to the next level and it's interesting what people are are saying and uh there's just a just a regular flow of new people into the space that are uh, uh getting caught up in the vortex of some misinformation and things oh. like that that are going on out there <laughs> the vortex of misinformation so do do share just a little bit this sounds very intriguing well it just you know it's the east coast bubble you know oh. all all these events that are coming up, you know, that, that bigger companies are going, going in attending and listening to some of those kind of events back there. And we don't have to single anything out particularly, but I just get this kind of this, this agenda that's starting to permeate across, you know, especially bigger companies, um, about what podcasting is all about. And, you know, I get on these conference calls and I, I just, you know, th there's many cringeworthy moments that happen during the conference call. And it's just like, you have to make a decision. Um, do I say something contrary or do I just, you know, let them proceed? And it's, it's kind of a tough, uh, it's, it, it kind of puts me and I think, uh, many, I guess many of the, of the, the leading podcasters or podcast platform operations, people that really kind of know what's going on, uh, to see this kind of stuff happen. But, uh, you know, and it, it really raises, uh, and, and I can't go into any details, but it yeah, raises, yeah. it raises some exasperation that we've been having. Yeah. I mean, real exasperation and the, um, wow. How can I say this? Yeah. It's, well, it's hard, it's hard to even know where to begin because it's so fundamental, um, you know, and, and, and I hate to say it too, the science of some of the discussions, uh, absolutely doesn't support. And I mean like raw science doesn't back, uh, some of the conclusions that people are making. And, uh, I, I have, I have real concerns, real concerns. Yeah. I think that the, you know, a lot of the the media and the press is starting to, to permeate across a lot of new people coming into the space. You know, I think we've been kind of trying to counter a lot of these articles and a lot of these conferences or these, these events, these private events and things like that that have been going on, um, that, uh, are putting out a certain kind of, kind of agenda. And, uh, it's starting to permeate a lot of, uh, new people as they come into the space that they're approaching it from that perspective because they think that's, what's true. And it, it, it oftentimes heads them off in the wrong direction. And, 
and it's hard to pull them back again because they they perceive that the people that they've heard this from are authorities and really know what they're talking about and are basing it on real data. Uh, and it's um, oftentimes just not the case, and it's hard to really kind of change people's minds once it's once it's been um, communicated like that and accepted like that. And it, it kind of makes us look like we're we're wrong, right? Um, and and that's the hardest part about it is overcoming that. And I think it's it's a trend that's happening across many many areas, uh, you know, including politics and including a lot of things. There's just a lot. It's so information travels so openly and freely now um, that you know it depends on where you read and who you listen to, and and uh, sometimes that reality distortion um, happens. Because people aren't open to a lot of sources of information these days. And, and when you dare tell them they're wrong, they, yeah. fr- they flip the fuck out. They just like, what do you mean I'm wrong? You yeah, know, well, how can, how can this, yeah. how can this yeah. information be wrong? I'm like, it, you're right. <laughs> yeah. How can it be wrong? It's, you're right. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. <sighs> but it is. Yeah. Easily enough. And then you have this, you know, this challenge of, like you said, you know, okay, do you let them continue blissfully going forward? And when you, in the back of your mind, you're screaming at the top of your lungs, stop. Yeah. You know, and you know, thank God the regular podcasters are, you know, the the day-to-day individual podcasters are they're more informed by and large with uh, some exceptions, but by and large, they are more informed than the majority of corporate suits. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're in the trenches doing it. They, they listen to other podcasters that are actually on the ground doing it. a lot of these people that we're talking about are these companies. Um, the, the people involved aren't doing podcasts they're they're trying to build a business around it and 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 those kind of things and they've never podcasted themselves they've never actually done this they've never really researched it they've just gone to a couple of events and listened to a, some speakers and all of a sudden they feel like they're experts and um, and, and there's really yeah. you know and you know and I don't even want to give many credit the newsletter that a certain individual puts out is it's just more often than not, woefully incorrect. Yeah, in in some topics, you know, and uh, it taught it. It kind of gets to a point sometimes where I feel like I'm I'm the crazy one. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, why am I running so contrary to so much of what's happening out there? And and I think when I explain it, and I think going on these podcasts that I've been doing doing these conversations, I feel this compelled. You know, I feel compelled to to kind of put out kind of the the structure of how this stuff uh, works and what the history of it is. And part of what the issue is is that th- there's no historical knowledge um, that puts things in context, right? It helps explain why um, you and I and Rob Walsh and all these folks that have been in this medium and really kind of thousands of other podcasters, they get it. Um, you know, why we say what we say is not based on, on, uh, you know, we have an agenda. It's just based on our own real world experience and what we see with, with people and talking to podcasters that are doing this. 
Uh, it's not based on, you know, I hear it from some speaker somewhere. Um, it's based on my real world experience and I, I try and communicate that, but, but even that I feel like, you know, I'm going to come across with an agenda and it's just like, that's not how I want to be perceived. Yeah. And I understand that. And when you're considered to be the, the rogue element, the guy that's out there that is, uh, you know, man, you know, we talked to Rob or we talked to Todd and holy crap, you know, or they talked yeah. to, you know, the other Rob and, you know, I, I think he's pretty blunt with people too. Oh yeah. Rob, Rob has gotten more blunt over the last couple of years than he ever has. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I, and I just, uh, it, 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 it is very, very, very frustrating. Uh, yeah from uh you know from that perspective now i i did get a report i heard that the scripts event in cincinnati um yep. was really good i heard that the the information put out there was uh, one of the team members from midroll was there and uh uh it was from everything i heard was pretty spot on dialed yep. in they had a pretty good clue what's going on in the space so there's you know there's outliers there yeah. are companies out there that know what's going on. Well, they uh, are, they've been actively producing podcasts for, you know, 10, 10 years. So yeah, they're going to get it. Yeah. They, they, they understand. Um, you know, I know of an, another company that I trust in this space. They, they basically just, they said, forget it. They've thrown in the towel, said we're, we're done. We're done arguing. Um, you know, you you want to continue to live this this fantasy that uh, that you're that you're pur purporting, uh, so be it. So you know, so what it's really going to boil down to is there's going to be um, a lot of money spent in the space that is going to be like throwing uh, just you know take hundred dollar bills, burn them, and and uh, or a stack of hundreds. And, and burn them up or flush them down the toilet because that's, you know, sadly, they just, they just don't have the right perspective. They're getting the wrong advice. They're being uh, consulted to by people that have no business having the word consultant at the end of their name. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and there's ongoing agendas by individuals. And the, you know, that want to try to dominate. Not just, you know, it's just going to put it out there. There are suits that are trying to take this space over. And they're, and they're yeah. doing it by, in some instances, a little intimidation. That's been going on for probably, what, three or four years now? To some, de some degree or, or another. Um, I would agree with you. That's, that's definitely happening um, and by putting out some misinformation, it kind of, it can potentially take the, the community in the wrong direction. And, um, you know, and that's, that's what can damage it. And, and then, and then they're pushing their narrative to be the, you know, their narrative, you know, because they've got contacts within the press space and, you know, when you make, you make comments, um, like the wild, wild west. And then 
come out a little bit, you know, and then have their own, you know, and then starting pushing agenda. It's, you know, there's, yeah, the division is going to continue to grow. And all, and all I can do at this point is talk to people that are willing to listen. And I'm talking to a lot of people that are listening, maybe not willingly, but, uh, you know, I'm here to provide a service and, uh, you know, and we're going to get out of the way, I guess, you know, provide the tools and services and same with you guys get out, you know, provide the best we can and they can, they can believe what they must. Yeah, I guess, I mean, we can keep doing what we're doing and keep sharing, um, you know, based on our long history in this space. And, and I feel, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep doing that and I'm, I'm going to be who I am. I'm not going to change. And, and I'm, I certainly don't want to beat anybody up, right. um, publicly. Um, I don't want to point fingers and say, these people are wrong. I just want to just point them my way. And, I will, I'll do it. Yeah. Well, and, and, and just, <laughs> just be positive and just make sure that they understand that, um, this isn't coming from some business agenda. No, this is coming from a, from a, a life experience. I mean, I've been doing this stuff for 13 years and, and was doing it even before podcasting. So it's, and I don't know all the answers. I don't have all the answers, but I, I listen and I observe and I, I follow, you know, what other people are saying too. Um, and I trust, I know who to trust and who to question. And, and I think that's, that's a skill that everybody needs to develop. I, you know, um, and this is one of the reasons why on my team, everyone that's been, that we've hired that is touches customers that, um, interacts daily on sales calls, whatever it may be, they're doing a podcast. You know, they, they are in the trenches having to do a show and seeing where, how it's growing and the challenges that go around with it. They're actually doing, not saying. And, uh, you know, you're, you're another example of that. You know, we can probably count on one hand the number of people that are actually doing a podcast that work in podcasting companies. You know, if you, you look at Rob, Rob Walsh, she's doing a couple of shows, maybe three, I think. Yeah. You, you look at you, you're doing two or three. You look at me, I'm up to four. Um, and then, uh, so who else? Podbean doesn't do any podcasts. They don't have any people doing podcasts. Um, Pod um, PodTrack doesn't have anybody doing podcasts. Um, who else? Who am I missing? I, I think that's uh, well. Let's see. Does Buzzsprout have a show? Does those guys have a? You know, there's there's a half dozen. So. There's a half yeah. dozen companies that are out there that are doing podcasting, but you know, you, you don't. Uh, you don't see any of the leadership at Podcast One doing any podcast. No. Um, no. You know. You, but, but you do see the folks at Midroll doing You do. Things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. maybe the, yeah, of course, SoundCloud doesn't do any podcast. I don't even know if they have a living body over there that knows how to spell podcast. Um, so, <laughs> you know, it, it's, in, in, unless you're down in the trenches doing this and understanding that, wow, how come my numbers are so low? Um, or, you know, yeah. we didn't get any response, we didn't get any audience response, or, you know, all those things that go into building the show, I, I, I think it's critical. And 
and then the whole metrics thing, man, I just, just don't get me, I could fucking go off for an hour on the whole metrics thing. Oh, it's, it continues to be, uh, be a perception out there that there's all sorts of problems. Oh, with it drives me crazy. Um, and it's, it's just, it's overblown. It's Wait. being overblown for an agenda reason. And, and it's like, we can't, you know, it, it would be great if we had 100% adoption of a industry-wide standard, uh, but that's not holding this industry back. But the problem is that uh, you got, yeah. you, you've got, okay, so you have financial bottom lines that are yeah. impacted by a specification that if, if, held to the ninth degree would cause revenue to drop. So whenever you're proposing things that potentially impacts bottom line revenue, no, they they don't want to hear that. Oh no, 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 no way. You want to hear about, you want to talk about fraud, potential of fraud. Oh, there's no fraud in podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, really? Mm-hmm. Okay, let, it, whatever. Yeah, uh, what you will, right? Yeah. You know. So all I can, all we can do, Rob, is we can just continue to stay the course, do this show, tell it the way it is, and then educate the best we can, and hopefully influence enough people with this podcast that they can go out and spread the formula. And as Adam Curry says, punch people in the mouth, you know, not literally. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But when you hear some bull, call it out, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Totally. (laughs) You know? Oh, man. Yeah, I agree. I I just, you know, and I saw something and I entitled today's show a little provocative. And it kind of goes along with this conversation. They hate Apple. Yes, yes. They hate Apple. Because Apple has too much control. They hate Apple. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, so I yeah. keep hearing it. I keep hearing it again and, and again and again and again on calls. Well, why don't they? You know, FM and MF them and what, you know, and I, I'm like, you had better thank the stars <laughs> in the podcasting space that Apple continues to support podcasting in the way they do. Yeah, totally. You, you're, you're talking crap about the 80%. Be what you wish for, it's right? right. Okay. Apple's, yeah. oh, we'll take our podcast app down. We'll take podcasts out of iTunes. You you want to you don't have to worry about your stats numbers. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I uh you know, time to kill iTunes. I hate the podcast iOS app. Well, okay, you hate it, go build a better one. And then good luck. Yeah. But it's just You know, I know Rob is Rob Rob Waltz has taken the tack now that uh that um that all of our energy should be pointed at Google now. Oh, absolutely. Not at Apple. Yeah. Not at Apple. You know. What, what have I, oh, Rob? Yeah. What have I been doing since 
for the last two or three years. Oh, I know you have. I know. You, I mean, no, I know. But he's really uh, okay. I mean, he turned a corner here well, in the last. Well, good because he was. Month. Yeah, good. I'm glad he has. I finally he's finally woke up. Then he then he okay. Rob Walsh. <laughs> oh, I yes. lost. What happened? I lost your video. Uh oh. Anyway, right, let me I, see what's going on. I here. still have your audio. So. Rob Walsh, we gave a present to the community. <laughs> we gave it away. Subscribe on Android. Implement that on your sites. Fourteen okay. apps. Fourteen apps yeah. support it. Yep. I don't know what happened. I think I think I'm gonna have to come out. I'm gonna have to uh, disconnect and come back in again. I think that's fine. I'll, I'll wait for you. Okay. <laughs> You know, so while Rob is resetting here, um, you know, let's let's be frank. You know, podcasters haven't helped the situation with Android either. I'm back. You know, okay. You know, so podcasters have to do their part in making sure that they're promoting the Android platform. You know, countless times I go to a website and there's no way. There's just iTunes on the website. And they've completely ignored. I mean, I mean, it's it's a huge, huge percentage. So podcasters are in part part of the problem. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. And and as new people come into the space, you know, the uh, and I believe that that's what's kind of going on here. Um, they there's so much media coverage that they you know these new people come in. And that's what they gravitate towards is what's being talked about in the in the media. And I have to spend time when I talk to them to, you know, kind of recorrect their perceptions a little bit and clarify it a little bit. And fortunately, I think to some degree, most, you know, you and me and Rob Walsh have, have enough credibility somewhat to overcome some of that stuff. Um, but but there's some that I, I talk to that it just I it just feels like they're so down the path that it's like if I start questioning too much, it's gonna not gonna be perceived very positively. So, yeah. It it's um, I, you know, I don't know, I don't know what what we can do here. Um, to be honest with you, it's it and it's 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 very very frustrating. You yeah, know? and. Uh, it's it's you know in this past week it kind of came to a head a little bit for me too and i just you know i'm just you know, it just drive you to drinking you want to start drinking tequila and and, and i know that we're, <laughs> we're we're talking in generalities guys yeah. but we're also trying to protect the confidentiality of the customers that we're talking to on you know most of you are individual podcasters and you're doing the right thing you're you're creating your shows and you're if you're listening to this show, you're you're doing what you need to do to um, build a show and build an audience and 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 make your shows available to all pod. If you've listened to this ten ten episodes of this thing, every one of you have the ability for someone to subscribe on your podcast to via an Android device, and you're supporting iTunes, and you're doing that because you're you're listening to this show. But those of you that are listening, and, and we know that there's about five thousand of you that are. You need to help us in propagating, and I can't speak today, this formula 
of of you know getting the word out about additional ways to build your show, build your audience, you know, and you were preaching to the choir, I think, mostly. There's a few of you that are listening, and and I know that there's some big company guys that are listening to this. You, and, and you guys need to come out of the closet. And I started to use that analogy. But you guys need to come out of the college, a closet, and if you agree with us on some of these issues, you, you need to start being vocal. Yeah. And, and if you think we're wrong... If you think we're barking up the wrong tree, then we need to hear from you too. I want to hear your opinion and where we're wrong and come on here and say, you guys are wrong because of this. And we'll talk. We have no problem exchanging ideas here. Yeah. I'm not saying, Rob, and I think you'll agree, we, we're we not always 100% correct. No, and I, I kind of, you know, I guess... W- the biggest part that I worry about really is I think we come across as a little bit of, um, cynical. No, well, cynical. <laughs> and it's like, well, it's always been done this way. Um, you know, you guys can't, for some reason you guys can't think about, you know, well, if things were, you know, different, right. How would the medium be? And, and I, I feel like I, you know, I spent so many years kind of being a little bit, almost like a futurist a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we're trying, trying to predict the future yep. that I feel like in this space, I'm, I'm a little bit more practical because I think I'm a little bit more skeptical because of what I've seen. And it, 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 it kind of puts me in a position where I don't feel as optimistic at times, I think, as other people feel, um, just because of that. And I think, I don't like to be perceived as kind of like a curmudgeon, you know, where it's like I'm always poo-pooing these great right, ideas. Right, right. Um, and I think that that's that, that's how it comes across. At least that's how I feel when I'm saying it in the face of those issues, because it's like, yeah, it'd be great if if we solve this discovery problem that podcasting has. But the problem is, is that it's it's a fake issue. It's not a it's not a real issue. And if, it's, if it's the discovery it, issues. They're not spending the money on their marketing to be discovered. Yeah. If they're yeah. a big company. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and those are, that's just one example of what I'm talking about. It's, it's, I don't, I would love it if it was as simple as that, right? Where you could just, let's solve discovery problem. But when you really pin them down, you really can't come up with what exactly, what the issue is. Um, and you look at the data, you look at what's going on and, and it's just like, well, you know, it's, there may be an issue there. Don't get me wrong. I just don't know what it is, and I don't think anybody else does either. Um, well, if I look in if I look in the past and how it looks in the you know, today, I just don't see something there that that is holding podcasting back. Or um, you know, I I think that there's a new paradigm coming. I think like the Amazon Alexa and and um, and the Echo may be part of that solution that may be better. But I, I wouldn't say what we have today is a problem. People can easily find content. It's so, just that there's too much content. Well, that's exactly it. So do you think, okay, so think if you were, let's just change your hats for a second. Think of, talk about discovery. And I don't want to spend a lot of time on this today, but yeah. let's, yeah. okay, I'm on YouTube. Okay. <laughs> is there a discovery problem on YouTube? <laughs> I, I don't know. 
Okay, so if, if you think about question. it from YouTube, a there's a heck of a lot more YouTubers than there is podcasters. Yeah. I mean, I, I can go into YouTube and just type whatever keyword I want or, or whatever topic I'm looking for, and I'll find it. You'll and so you and it's the good, bad, and ugly. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't say that that's a discovery problem. That's that's you know, like we've always said, it's the content providers saying that they haven't been discovered yet. In 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 YouTube, YouTube does a great job of promoting the big guys. You know, you you get a uh, hundred thousand plus subscribers, and you know you get a plaque from YouTube, and you start being you know, you start being shown a lot higher, just like you are on iTunes. But iTunes isn't necessarily a indication of audience size, so that's a big difference with iTunes. But, um, you know, my little thing that I do, okay, we're streaming right now on YouTube, okay? If, if, I, if I really want it, I say, oh, there's a discovery problem on YouTube, you know? <laughs> because no one's finding my show on YouTube. You know, I could say that right now, but... I don't build my brand on YouTube. I build my brand on my site and I promote my site on social and, you know, so I could say there's a discovery problem with YouTube too. So if we look at that, uh, okay, is there a discovery problem on Facebook? Are people going to find my Facebook group or page? Yeah, there's, there's a discovery problem on Facebook too. So yeah. everywhere you go, there's a discovery problem. And quite frankly, it, it's, it's not the podcasting space's problem. The problem is I'm not promoting my group. I'm not promoting my YouTube page. I'm not creating content that's exciting enough to be discovered and, and get viral. You know, come on, let's let's be frank. So <laughs> um, there's not a discovery problem in podcasting. No, no, it's 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 a it's a fake issue. And it's been put out there by those that are trying to solve the problem. Right. Keep on solving. Spend lots of money on solving discovery, and we will you know, we will continue to create yeah. content and and build audience otherwise. But I don't know. I just and it's 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 and it's the stats thing too. Look, you know, here's the beautiful thing. I never get conversations about stats with media buyers. I talk to media buyers now. It's not even a discussion point. I talk to media buyers every week. Stats is not a discussion point. Stats are a discussion point with pod, uh, people that are creating podcasts, vendors, radio stations. They have yeah. high concerns about yeah. stats. But the media buyers, it's not even a discussion point anymore. Well, it's not the core of what they do. It's, well, I mean, it, they're, they're, those they're are, all about building ROI for their campaigns. Yeah. And, it's, it, and how do you do that? <laughs> you target your, your content. You, you, you go after shows based on the content. You go after shows on relevancy to the target audience. That's what those guys are concerned about. Um, and and, anyway. and yeah. far as the numbers go, you know, I, I, I've never had a vendor send me back an invoice saying, we don't believe your numbers. Not once since we started this thing back in 2005. Not once have I got a vendor return to invoice. Yeah. You know? Um, we talk about performance of the campaign. We talk yeah, about if, sure. a sh if a show is not delivered the type of numbers we expected them to and what might be wrong. And we'll analyze that, but we won't yeah. talk about the numbers. So this yeah. whole, you know, the stats, and, you know, the main thing I've always worried about, and this is, you know, down in the weeds, but I've always said, I don't care what the numbers are. As long as I know what the numbers are, 
and then we'll go from there. But when you start talking about different logarithms and people processing different ways, there a lot of these companies are looking to squeak. And part of it's because, guess what? Management's saying, this podcast isn't growing very fast. Um, uh, why is this audience, why are we only billing 10,000 downloads per episode? How can we squeak some more out of that? Is that, where, where are we, where, what's going on here? So there's huge pressure from the suits to see those numbers of those shows continue to grow and get higher. So they're going to do everything they can to get every possible impression that they can bill, not only to keep the management happy, but also to keep the revenue growing. Yeah. I know a group right now today that it's the first group I've seen in a while. They're pulling out of the space. Uh, they're killing 23 or 24 shows because not because the, well, they're killing them because the growth, and they've had fabulous growth. The growth hasn't been fast enough to satisfy management, but most podcasters would be ecstatic to have had these type of growth numbers that these shows, these 23 or 24 shows have had over the past uh, couple of years. But management is not happy enough with the growth rate, and they say, okay, that's it, we're done. The experiment's over. And they treated it as an experiment instead of a long-term investment. And I thought, man, the short-sightedness of this um, was amazing. So, you know, so I'm, yeah. I understand that the pressure from up on top to see shows perform, you know, that's where me is the, we're the radio station management. We're the GMs. We're, um, yeah. You know, we make the decision whether our show continues or not, not some suit. Yeah. Who, who isn't in the medium at all. Right. right. You know, this suit says, Oh, we, you know, we, this, this, this is this is it. We're done, you know. But that's how it's often been done in the you know in the traditional media, you know, radio. Now, granted, a lot of radio uh, executives, whatever, have had a history of being behind the mic and doing that. But but it's different. I I think being behind the mic in radio is a different situation than being a podcaster. I think it's it's quite different. Yeah, Bill in the Facebook chat room, our YouTube live is underneath my Geek News Central main uh, YouTube channel. But hang out here with on Facebook with us. This is where the cool kids are. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I just, uh, I don't know, I, I've had a certain level of frustration this week too. So it, it runs in, it runs in, uh, man, it's, it's, it's obvious that sometimes we're maybe talking to some of the same people and you're hearing the same story. Um, and maybe we're not talking to the same people, but themes run run together, it seems. Well, it, it, the issues seem to be emanating from a certain section of the podcast community. Oh, absolutely, um, that East Coast yeah. bubble. And it's it's not all East Coast, but it's just this this approach to the space um, that's that's different than the culture of the medium and mm -hmm. how it was built. And it runs contrary to, to what built this medium. Um, it just feels like those that are trying to take advantage of something. That's what it feels like. Yeah. yeah. Well, there it's, 
okay, take advantage? Does it mean they're looking to make quick success and, you know, make their mark? I, I wish them luck. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we want more entrance for sure. <laughs> they're going to figure it out. Oh, yeah. Just like everybody else has, they'll figure it out in the end. But, you know, we'll see. But there, there's been some other things been going on in the space. Uh, oh, you know, just you know, things. It seems like we're coming into a time when the, there's there's also an explosion of um, podcasting events. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> starting to happen right now. Uh, um, one, what, what's the YouTuber that's doing a? It's Hank Green's crowdfunding something called PodCon. Yeah, it's actually up in Seattle. A VidCon. They're calling it a VidCon for the podcasting industry. So I'm just kind of like, okay. Well, he's um, a co-creator of VidCon, which is the YouTube event down in L.A. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I guess he's seeing an opportunity to do something with podcasting. He's gotten a a couple of big-name podcasts um, lined up for this, but he's doing a crowdfunding campaign. Yeah, Indiegogo. Uh, Yeah, and... Uh, it's like December, was it 9th, 8th and 9th or something like that? Uh, 9th and 10th. So it looks like it's going to be not a conference, but another one of these live event things. Yeah. I, I haven't talked to Hank, but I would, uh, like to Mm -hmm. just hear what he's up to since it's happening in my uh, neck of the woods. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to load the Indiegogo page and it's just like, wow, it's loading slow. I don't. Maybe it's well, my connection here. I didn't. Okay, here it is. So yeah, it was really slow. It looks like they've raised uh, almost forty-five thousand dollars. Wow. Well, when you're a YouTube star, you can do that, right? Uh, yeah. Yep. He must have something on his page that is. It basically told my browser. My browser was complaining about it. All this flash that people have on their pages. This is too many ads, is what it is. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So it'll be interesting what's going on that. I'm going to, I'm definitely going to reach out to him and see what, uh, what's going on with this event. And let's see what else was going on. Um, we talked about, did we mention about the, the scripts mid roll event is back in New York. The, the now hear this. Is no, that right? I, I haven't even paid attention. I haven't even paid attention to that. It's uh, um, now here, this podcasting festival. Yeah. That was down in the Anaheim area last year. I guess it's going to be September 8th through the 10th um, on the East Coast up at the Javis, Jacob Javis uh, Conference Center in New York. And I guess, you know, it's all of those mid roll. produce programs another thing um oh yeah big national podcast festival moves to new york i've seen this so ktts.com is what is going on with the so it's interesting that uh well they've got a big enough lineup of shows that they can they can do their own thing oh yeah and it looks like they're working with the Wondery folks, and they're also working with uh, Star Talk with Neil deGrasse Tyson. You know, since he's there, and and it looks like they're going to charge one hundred and ten dollars 
uh, for general admission to go in and see some of these podcasts. So, Comedy Bang Bang, How Did This Get Made, Love It or Leave It, Criminal, Political Reactive, The Nod, The Crack Podcast, Who Charted, Found, Pitch. I, I don't listen to any of these stories. I need these podcasts. Star Talk, All Store, All Stars. So, September 8th through 10th at Javits. So, well, good for them. And then the LA Podfest uh, is also happening, and they're adding a Podcast Pro um, portion to that event as well. So, they're going to have a little, uh, actually, a big portion of the event is going to be a conference. Yeah. Going they- on. They talk to us, but oh man, it's expensive to get involved oh, in that. Expensive yeah. isn't even the word. I was just like, yeah, it was crazy. Their sponsorship rates. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. like wow. Yeah, I talked to them too. I did a call with them. They were wanting to to work with me around some sort of panel or something like that down there. And I know Rob's Rob Walsh is going to be down there. Um, I mean, he goes to that event every yeah. year. I've been on a panel down there. I, I was on a panel down there like three years ago. Um, at that end, that was back when I was working for, for, for podcast one. So I was down there. So, and, you know, they, um, they do a good job. No, don't get me wrong. Um, it's, yeah. it's a great event. It's mostly comedy podcasters though, right? Correct. Correct. So but they're, this podcast pros thing is they're trying to take what they were doing kind of a, at a small scale. You know, mm-hmm. they had, you know, some panels and, and kind of sessions to help teach people how to podcast, yep. um, going on there, but they were in like tiny rooms off to the side of the hotel. Um, there, maybe the rooms would hold like 25 people or hey, something like that. Norm's going to be there. Yeah, he's going to be a speaker at it. Yeah. Allison Marino, podcast monetization specialist. Who's she? I don't even know who she is. Allison uh, Marino. Does she works at Midroll or where does she work? I'm not sure. Yeah, Actually, but, that's a good question. Podcast monetization specialist. Yeah, I tried to get Norm involved in in the LA Podfest like three or four years ago, and he just didn't have didn't have any interest. Let me look her up. Allison Marino I think it had LinkedIn. to do with the fact that, that Midroll was involved <laughs> back then. Yeah. I she says she's a podcast monetization specialist. Allison but Marino. I've never I've never oh she works at ACAST. Oh ACAST, that's right. <laughs> okay. Okay. So she's um the replacement for uh Sarah, that's what it sounds like. Oh, okay. Sarah, Sarah Van Mosel. Yep. So I think she took over for her. I haven't uh, heard too much from Acast. They've been pretty quiet as of late. I think that's one of the reasons why Sarah probably left. They were a little too quiet for Sarah. Sarah likes to work in big, big stuff. Um, let's see what else is going on. So, uh, Chris Krantz is regarding discovery, but I've always been annoyed with search results within apps being completely terrible. I've typed in the exact name of shows and the show didn't appear in the search results. 
Yeah, well, that's a completely different issue. Yeah, right? that's 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 just poor search um, coding, and it's it's a complex process to build a good search engine of a SQL database. Uh, it's not as easy as it seems. Well, it's not uh, that hard either. If you, I think. If yeah, you, but you it's go- but. But a lot of lot of lot of developers don't write all of the algorithms that you have to write, and it's they just yeah doesn't always work that great. But that is that's not a basis to build a podcasting company on. <laughs> if you if you go over to uh, to our site at blueberry.com and go to the search in our directory, I think our our directory search is pretty awesome. You'll find pretty much anything you want, but it's web based. But we don't you know we've yeah. never been. We've never seen the need to build an app. So And I see that the Podbean folks announced that they they've got a podcast player skill yeah. that they've built for the Amazon Alexa. Yeah. Their Chinese um, programmers have been busy. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh. So it wasn't really clear. Did you get 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 the impression now was this where they were basically building a skill for each show or were they building kind of like a, a I uh, haven't even tried it yet so I, I just saw the I news this morning I th- it it reads like they built the like a client app for all Podbean podcasts it's probably like they probably got to add the skill and then you you know that's how Amazon's doing it right now so you have to build the skills so you got to load the app yeah, but there's two ways of doing it. I, you can build a skill that is um, that basically will be like a catalog of content, or you can build a skill that's specific to a show. It says, search for Podbean Alexa, enable the skill Podbean Podcast and Player. And then you search for right. a particular show, right? Yeah, so then, they've built like a catalog-based skill is what they've built. Yeah, so they, and, can, they can select top podcasts by title and... Um, so yeah, and you can p- play the podcast you followed. So okay, but but I think that, that there's still some navigational um, voice navigational issues with the Alexa that are going to hold it back for a while until they they solve that. I mean, it's just like this this example here. You have to say Alexa, ask Podbean to play this podcast. So you're basically having to yeah. To, give it three instructions to get to where you want instead of saying, I just want to, I want to listen to the new media show. So all you have to do, and, and I'm, I'm not going to say this out loud because we'll trigger your guys' Alexa. So you say, Alexa, play the latest episode, and then you add the show name, and it'll play this show. Yeah. That's all you have to say. And it'll, you know, that, you don't have to go through any additional minutia to... And most of your shows will play on Alexa just by doing that. Alexa, play the latest edition of, and then you say the show name. And the yep. same thing with Google Home. What you do with Google Home is you say, uh, let me find my, I have it written down because I say this on every show. You tell your Google Home device, you say, okay, then, you know, that word G-O-O-G-L-E, you say, okay. In, and then you say, play the podcast, and then the name of the show. So I'm trying not to trigger your your, your devices. <laughs> it's kind of hard not to, but yeah. <laughs> yes, right. Well, um, you, if, you, if, yeah. You, if you, you know, the problem is I've triggered, I've learned the hard way. People were listening on Alexa, and I made their show restart. <laughs> oh, no. Put them in a loop. 
So you got to be very yeah. careful not to trigger the device because you'll put people in a loop. They'll never get past you telling them how to listen on Alexa or your Google Home device. <laughs> oh, that's a bug in, in Alexa they need to fix. Yeah. Well, it's not a um, Yeah. Well, it is in a way. Yeah. I mean, there should be a way that they can they can detect that and keep it from happening. Um, but it looks like that they're also um, saying in here that uh, you can play from your sequential followed list. Yeah, so if you have a follow Pop list that basically yeah. lets you play your playlist. Yeah. So That's awesome. That's I sent great. that link over to Angelo because I was like, because he's been talking about it. <laughs> and I was kind of like, you know, poking him a little bit. I'm like, so yeah. come on come on come and, and on. you know and in all honesty it's it's uh you just got to sit down and do it. it it's not it's not that difficult to write these uh but you have to put the you know kind of the hooks in a little bit it just it's just a matter of finding the time to code it up <laughs> so yeah. i think everyone will probably have it at some point here in the near future yeah i was i i would agree so just to toot my own horn here, we announced our next level of right. PowerPress sites this week. So the team finally, <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, um, uh, finished it up. And uh, so our next level of PowerPress sites has been announced. And I'm really excited about that because in the very near future, we're going to let our uh, affiliates actually have their own defined list of plugins that will be in the second level of the service. So they'll actually be able to have a kind of a semi-branded um, solution. It's basically kind of their best of type of configuration for a, uh, a WordPress site. So, um, okay. and what we've really done there is, you know, we, we obviously last year we introduced the free version that has a very limited, it's, you know, it's, it's a really locked down, version of WordPress uh, to be able to give away free. You can't let people run amok too much. And then the uh, second level is kind of like lets people grow. And then the third level, which we'll announce very, very shortly, is basically a full control. But the main thing is it's fully managed, backed up. Uh, you know, we update it. We do all the stuff that, you know, people don't have to worry about security. And, you know, we handle all that stuff. They just got to create content. And uh, it's a performance kind of like a WP engine type of uh, system with that type of level of um, of service so we're, we're pretty excited about finally being able to bring that to the market in place and as I like to say start paying for the code time we've <laughs> we've invested in this thing yeah I would think that that's been a pretty big project for you it has so, um, yeah. you know it's taken a lot longer than we thought to a lot longer and yeah, uh, they Things like that always do, don't they? Yeah, you know, and uh, so anyway, the you know, and what really is the challenge is the uh, being able to, you know, my my whole selling point in this thing is it's got to fly like an eagle, it's got to scream, and uh, so they spent a lot of time on the performance side, and um, that was really my big big thing. I said I don't care if you come in as a free user or if you're an enterprise user, I want the sites to be like smoking fast. And yeah. uh, that was too much to the chagrin of the development team because that was kind of a hard and fast. Um, because, you know, Google now is really looking at a lot of signals. And if your page doesn't load quick, you, you know, you don't get ranked as high. So, yeah. 
performance is important when it comes to search yeah. results these days. Yeah. yeah. So. Hey, I also saw an article that was put out by the Mr. M.G. Sigler, who's been a longtime kind of technology writer, and he's worked for uh, Google Ventures and whatever. He put out an article talking about um, iTunes. I don't know if you saw this or not. It, it's on the pod to pod. Oh, was it the one that says t- a time to kill iTunes? To kill iTunes? Yeah. yeah another yeah. one. Another, another iTunes hater. Well, it isn't so much that. I mean, he's not really off. I mean, I, I normally really enjoy his articles because mm-hmm. he, he's looking at it. He's not bashing Apple. He's more talking about the iTunes application on windows. Um, and how, uh, I, th- I believe it was last week um, they announced, I don't know if it was Google or Microsoft announced that um, iTunes, a new version of iTunes was coming to the new Windows store for the new Windows 10 S OS that's coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so what this may s- uh, signal is that uh, that iTunes software, the kind of that bloated iTunes software that's been out in the market um, really since, what, 2000, um, 2006, um, will we'll get updated. So I don't know what this means. He's recommending that um, Apple pursue a strategy of kind of breaking up um, the – what we're talking about is for just for Windows, and it could actually apply to Mac OS as well. I know that there's a lot of – and Todd, you're a Mac user. I'm not really a Mac user, but I, I certainly know a lot of people that are, but there's a lot of people that are kind of fed up with the, the iTunes software client for Mac and Windows. And it's it's needed kind of an update, right? And I don't necessarily disagree, but I do I do kind of hesitate a little bit when they start talking about, well – um, you know, each of these sections that are in the iTunes software today need to be broken up into their own separate app. Oh, I'm just, I don't think so. I'm just not a huge fan of this concept of um, taking every little function and breaking up into a separate app. I think it's it's a direction that I think takes us off in the wrong direction. Um, but I do like the idea that he has just in general um, of updating that software and kind of making it more modern because it. it it does feel a little bit, you know, mid two thousands still. I don't know what you think, but Todd, <laughs> it's well, a little old school. You know, I I think what you've got is you've got a company that has a successful formula and is making billions of dollars, and that's they're, correct. They're they're not going to kill iTunes, but everyone. No, no, I'm not saying that they're going to kill it. What they need to do is kind of update it and well, build a better. They don't better care. Piece of software. It's being done here. I know, but there's still there's still millions of people using Windows and and Mac computers. I mean, but there is talk, right, that that uh, Apple might walk away from the Mac. I don't know. I mean, is that no way? No way. Apple's gonna walk away from what? The Mac? M- making laptops? No. Really? No way. Okay. It, it, I I would fall out of my chair. <laughs> Well, you have to admit that they they really pushed it to the back burner over the last couple of years, though. Yeah, uh, you know, I wouldn't say they pushed it to the back burner. I would say that the updates haven't happened as fast as some folks want, and they have listened to that, especially on the pro side. Yeah, I think those folks that don't need the Mac Pro, um, 
probably have no issue, but those pro users have, are the ones that are feeling a little neglected and Apple recognizes that they have pissed that group off. So, you know, they had some meetings earlier this year. They're promising a new, uh, you know, a new Mac Pro, a new MacBook. You know, they're, they're going to come out with a new MacBook Pro here uh, shortly that they're saying has the, you know, the updated processor in it. Of course, it would happen after I buy a new Mac Pro, you know, so, it, you know, you, you never can catch up, but it, it is what it is. But I, I, you know, they're not, they're not walking away from the hardware. At all. Well, no, no, I'm not necessarily saying that they're walking away necessarily from the hardware. I'm just talking about the whole Mac, the the the, the whole Mac OS type platform. I mean, I mean, eventually, do you think that uh, Apple's going to just shift everything over to iOS? I I would I I don't know. I I doubt it. But what do I know? You know, I'm I'm not the yeah. Steve Jobs successor. And I use both. I use Windows and, you know, I spend most of my time, believe it or not, on a Windows machine. You know, I, I, yeah. I use Mac, but I, I primarily do video editing on Mac. And I, you know, and I travel yeah. out, it, you know, depends on my mood. Sometimes I travel with my Mac. Sometimes I travel with my PC. This trip to Japan I'm going to go on, um, I'm going to travel with my Mac because I'm going to take my, DSLR and I'm going to shoot some video and I want to edit it when I'm on the road and, you know, put some stuff up on my personal YouTube page. So. Yeah. And I'm actually planning on going to Europe for another speaker retreat next month. And, uh, I'm a little concerned that I, I may not be able to bring my, uh, they've already said they, they've already put that on the table. That's already been, they said they're not going to invoke anything. That meeting happened last week. You don't have to worry. You'll be able to travel with your laptop. Well, actually, actually, I've I've got a Surface computer that I would take with me. So yeah, because what they were talking about doing was banning travel from from Europe to the USA. Yeah, they they've already said they're not going to do that. They they've shelved oh. that. That was decided earlier in the week. Oh, it was. Okay. Yeah, so you don't have to worry. You'll be able to have your laptop in the airplane. <laughs> Instead okay. of your check luggage. Yeah, I wasn't really looking forward to putting my, my Surface tablet in luggage and have it be um, thrown around. A, a lot yeah. of airlines are taking uh, what they're doing in the Middle East during the ban is they are providing computers for their clients uh, in the airplane, and then they're they're separately checking them. So it's kind of like a curbside check, and you get your as soon as you get off the airplane, you get your laptop back. They're not making people put them in their bags. Oh, which is okay. which is smart of the airlines, but anyway, I don't think you yeah. have to worry about that going to Europe. So I'm not sure that the laptop <laughs> would be in very good shape by the time it got there. No, not the way they throw bags around, would it? <laughs> I'd have to. I could have to wrap it in bubble wrap. Well, what it really was, it was just yeah. a it was just a plot for them to be able to take laptops while they were in flight and and you know copy the contents. That's what. It was. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, there was some guy downstairs. You know some. Some uh, three, all, yeah, right? some yeah. three-letter agency that was copying the laptops. That's that's what oh, was really boy. happening. <laughs> oh boy! But anyway, you know, I, I I don't know. I think people can can speculate a lot about what Apple does. Apple does what they want to do, and they're going to do whatever is best for Apple's bottom line. And um, oh, you yeah. know, that's all that counts. But there is a lot of you know. It just amazes me how many people hate. Hate, hate, hate. <laughs> 
hate Apple right now. I mean, they just, I just, I, I get on phone. Well, if Apple did this and Apple did that, I'm like, well, I'm sorry. They're not. And, yeah. you know, and, and if they do, then. Holy, we, we had better data out of <sighs> Apple. Yeah. Oh my God. We, and here's the funny thing, you know, in, in the scheme of things, we have the absolute best data of anyone. That's what makes me laugh. You know, we have better data than than radio and television and you know but we're held to this such extreme standard it's <laughs> oh cracks me yeah. up yeah that's true we have real data not survey data which is always seems to get get us in trouble in the podcasting spaces when you start contrasting i mean i think we saw that play out pretty pretty clearly at the nab which was the contrast between survey data and real data, right? Right. So that can be perceived quite differently. Um, and and how people are so quick to believe survey data over oh. real data. <laughs> you know, if you want to, here's the thing. If you're a big company, and let's, let's say you're a mid-roll or you're a Gimlet or a Panoply, you know, if you look at their, you don't see them quoting those companies, you don't see them quoting too much of this survey data that comes out because, you know, they know what's going on with their content. They know how it's being being consumed. And if they're not running their own internal surveys themselves, then that's ridiculous. They should, you know, they should be coming up with their own data, getting their own ground truth of what's really happening in the space with their content. And they mm-hmm. they might stop relying on some of this you know, telephone survey data. And I know, and and I appreciate that telephone survey data. It gives us big, wide trends. But, you know, I'm also going to collect my own data and, you know, I'm going to see where the ground truth is on our clients. And when I have hard data, you know, when when I got over 100 million, you know, over 100, well, 150, 160 million downloads to look at every month. I know how media is being consumed. Yeah, that's true. So. That's true. You know, it, the data is out there. No question about it. <laughs> right. The, the real data. Yeah. So I see that uh, Mark Ramsey is doing his audio feature fest again in June 2nd. Yeah, Mark has taken a lot of heat from the podcasting space. So what do you think this yeah. event's going to be? What What are they going to, you know, what are they doing? Well, he's been moving more and more towards, you know, talking about on-demand and podcasting. So it's, I'm not, I'm not surprised um, that that's the direction that he's going, but he takes kind of a radio perspective on it. And that's, that sometimes takes him down the, the rabbit hole of some misinformation. So, well, anything I, I look at at this point too, and some of that data is if we can get you know, the more radio people we get in, yes, for my business. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, I mean it's. I think radio has a place in this business, but I think that they have to reset how they how they look at the their their audio world a, a little bit. It's not. Everything that they do shouldn't be thought of as radio. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, I, it, you, it, you, old habits die hard. Yeah. So, and yeah. as we, I mean, I guess you could say that about us. We well, think true. of everything as podcasts, right? Yeah. Um, 
but but we do kind of spend time at at uh, radio events, and I know I've worked really hard to 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 reach over to that world and and be involved. Um, it's just like the event out of LA, though. Nary a social media peep about podcasting out of the event out of LA last week. Yeah. You know, not a nary a thing. And, uh, and I know yeah. they had some podcast sessions that so makes you go, hmm. I think that they're pulling, I mean, some of the industry is kind of pulling back from it, or they think that they already know what the solution is. And, uh, and that may be to, to do very little. Well, the chickens are going to come home to roost here very quickly with, uh, you know, iHeartRadio uh, having a uh, upcoming $1 billion balloon payment uh, due. Um, yeah. I think that there is going to be uh, shockwaves throughout the entire system. I, I think radio is in real trouble. I think they're all holding their breath, figuring out what's going to happen. Um, you know, there's a couple of other streaming, well, at least one other streaming company that's bleeding red, too, that, you know, when that, ha- when that if and when that happens... You talk about Pandora. Pandora is being talked about now and talks with a Sirius XM being acquired. So, you know, if Sirius XM is looking to acquire Pandora, Sirius XM must think, hmm, the handwriting's on the wall. I need a, you know, I need a digital streaming service. Yeah. So, you know, are they hedging? And they probably do. They and do. They- a lot cheap, and, lot cheaper to to support an online system than putting uh you know half a five hundred million dollar satellites in orbit. Yeah, that's true. And they've been um, those guys have been playing around in the podcasting space um, off and on for many years. I I don't know that most realize that, but um, the XM satellite radio network used to have a network of podcasts that they put out. Well, they've got and their they, they've got their new online site now too, where they're accepting podcast submissions too. So they. No, I know, but for for many years, and this was quite a few years ago, they they had a network of podcasts that they they were they were actively right, right, publishing right, into right, the platform right. or into the ecosystem as free podcasts, and they basically pulled out on that. Yeah, they were uh, taking a lot of Mevo content, or not Mevo, a uh, Mevo Pod Show content, and piping it in. Yeah, there was a lot of those media shows that were over there. Yeah, and they they pulled out back when you know a lot of the bigger media companies pulled out of the podcasting space. This was like my I think back in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, ten time frame when yeah. people when the uh, bubble popped in perception, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people pulled out. You know, I was. I was pretty active in the community at that space that was during that time frame and saw it happen. I know you did too, Todd. And, and it's just, it's just funny. Sometimes I see the companies jumping back into the podcasting space that were very vocal about how bad the space was back in 2009. And I, I just think, you know, you know, it's like, Hmm, (laughs) it's good to see them back, but, but it's also, you know, I felt a little bit kind of, um, um, you know, shamed a little bit by these companies and their what they said about the podcasting space back then too. So, Rob, I do want to talk just about a share a personal experience that happened to me yesterday. Uh, lucky yeah. I'm here right now. Really? Yeah, I was. Uh, there's this highway we have here in Hawaii called H3, and a large part of it is raised. It basically uh, gets you from uh, 
the windward to the leeward side of the island. And I was basically heading to uh, Kaneohe. I was going across to the other side of the island and uh, was in the process of passing a vehicle. And I was probably 65, 70 at the point. <laughs> and I was coming around a curve. And thank God I wasn't looking at my cell phone or anything else because uh, I uh, car was coming at me in my lane of traffic. Oh no! <laughs> going the wrong way on the highway and this is one of these highways that has like once you get on it you can't get off for like 11 miles because there's no exit so i have no idea how this guy got turned around in the first place but it was so you were on a single lane no i was on a i was on a i was on a highway two lane highway okay. and he was in my lane coming at me <laughs> oh no and you know, the closure rate was pretty fast. And all I can say is thank God for uh, anti-lock brakes. And um, the car I was passing, um, he kind of started to move a little bit to the right. I braked as absolutely as hard as I could and then jerked to the right. And I, not kid you not, it was it was close. <laughs> really? Or it would have been a head-on. I and like I looked in my rear rear mirror and two or three cars behind me. I don't know how they got out of his way, but I have never been on a highway before where I have been someone going the wrong way. And it after I pulled the <laughs> pulled my you know my pants out of my splinter, I was like, that just didn't happen. <laughs> And I dialed 911 and, you know, reported the car going the wrong way on the highway. But it was, I mean, it was really, it's the closest I have come to, I mean, I've never been in a head-on situation before. I've gotten T-boned. I've had people run into me in the rear. I've accidentally rear-ended someone. But this would have been... So I, I would not be here in this shape right now because <laughs> we we're looking at a airbag slash, uh, you know, the hope your car can, you know, protect you moment. It was yeah. close. I mean, it was really close. So. So, uh, so did this car just um, continue driving? Yeah. Freeway speed. And yeah. Didn't, like didn't even see you or something. And, I, and, I, and it happened so fast. I, I don't even remember. Who was, I, I, I think there was, I think there was two people in the front of the car, but the crazy thing is the median on this road on the, if they, I was in the left lane and the median on this road is wide enough to support a parked car. Why the vehicle was in my lane and hadn't switched over and got into the median is beyond me. Now this was in the morning. So it wasn't like this guy was hammered. Unless he'd been drinking all night. I, I And I still for like, the only thing I can think of is they got up the hill, got confused, decided they needed to go back to town, didn't want to continue the five more miles to the exit to turn around to come back, and decide, well, we'll just backtrack. I, 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 I'm never, this is, this is not a highway that is easy to, number one, it's not easy. To, I don't know where they would have turned around. And, but the only place it would have been for me to go would have been up and over a four foot median and probably 150 drop down to the surface because <laughs> I was on a raised part of the platform and <sighs> I'm happy to be here. Yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, thank God for any lock brakes. That's all I can say. And I'm getting new tires tomorrow. So my tires are on the, you know, not on the upper side of good grip, you know, so yeah. 
Oh my God, it was bad. It was really, it, I'm just, I'm just thankful. So you were able to come to a complete stop? Well, no, no, no. I, I mean, I was on, I had the brake pedal in the, you know, in the firewall and you can feel the, you know, you can feel the, the brakes gripping and the, yeah. you know, they're not skidding. And, and as soon as the car in front of me that I was passing got it far enough ahead, I ducked in behind him and, uh, the car, and I mean, just like I had no more than turned the wheel to get in the right hand lane and the car that was in my lane continued on. So it was, I mean, it was because when I was coming around a curve and when you're at 70 and the other cars at speed, that closure rate is like, you know, it's fast. Oh yeah. It's really fast. And, uh, and, and, and if I had, if I had been looking down, if I'd have been any way, any way distracted, I mean, whatsoever, it had been a head on. There'd been, it'd have been done. I'd have been like, uh, what the hell just happened? So, uh, thank, you know, thank goodness, you know, because, you know, I, I do a lot of telephone calls in the car. I'm on hands free, but you know, it's, uh, you just, if I'd have been, it's even a microsecond of slight distracted, it would have, it would have ended differently. So, well, um, yeah. yeah. yeah so when probably. you're on the highways, watch out for those wrong way drivers. <laughs> <laughs> I can laugh now, but holy cow. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, and, and, life's, life's dramas. Oh, I, I just, you know, it was bizarre. I know that, and I, I, don't, I don't understand why pe people must just lose their, either was an old person or tourist or, I, I don't know. I just, I really don't know what the story was. But uh, when I called 9-11, the, the police dispatcher is like, how are they going the wrong way on that road? And I'm like, I, <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> they, yeah. they really had to work at it to do that wrong. Cause even the on ramps and off ramps are like these extended deals where it's just, it, it's not conducive to going the wrong way. It just isn't. They had to have a hang on Yui. Maybe they were intoxicated somehow. It's seven o'clock or eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> well, that, that doesn't limit some people. Well, maybe not. I don't know. You know, this road is one of those roads where if you get on it and you're low on gas, you're going to run out because there's no place to get off. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And I've done that a few times where I've been like going down the hill praying, you know, like, oh my God, I'm going to run out of gas because I forgot to get gas before I got on. Yeah. So, yeah. But sorry, I had to just share that with you. It was just one of those, you know, crazy life story moments. Yeah. Sounds like it. So anything else happening that you've heard about? Here lately uh, you know, it's just, it just been heads, you know, a lot of what's been the theme of the last couple of weeks is lawyers. And I don't know why a lot of lawyer firms wanting to do podcasts. And I, and I, I don't know if the lawyers went to some sort of a conference and they were told this is what you need to do as a law firm. But I probably have talked to five law firms in the last past two weeks. So, um, that, whoever was at the conference and told them podcasting is the way to go. Thank you. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, great. I, I mean, that's, that's really interesting that you raise that point. Cause I've, I've seen, um, I've done calls with, you know, some associations and some, uh, people that are kind of trying to market to a particular industry, um, because they get feedback from people. Um, I mean, I was a guest on a couple of podcasts here recently, um, of shows like, uh, around, um, design and, hmm. and, and 
getting feedback from a lot of their their listeners to their podcasts um, wanting to start you know a podcast about you know interior design or art or whatever and I'm seeing kind of like um, some of these leading podcasts in the specific genres um, wanting to have a person on to talk about best practices and podcasting because they keep hearing from their audience that you know, I want to start a podcast. I want to start a podcast and I don't know how to do it. And can you share, you know, how to do it? And, and they, they've reached out to me. Some of them have reached out to me to come on to their show to have that discussion. Right. right. So that host can share their experience, but I can kind of give some industry context to that discussion. And so I'm, I'm being a guest on some podcasts that I wouldn't normally be a guest on. Like I was on a, I was a guest on a fashion podcast the other day um and in a design podcast you know so uh, these are starting to happen which i think is it's a good sign i i think that um that genres these genres that have kind of maybe been a little underserved are starting to wake up to being able to maybe use this medium to to grow their their particular industry um from some of the uh, thought leaders from those those folks. I did have a call with the NEB rep. I did too. And I'm really excited because they're talking about a potentially putting the podcast pavilion in an absolutely fantastic location. Now, did he talk about the two locations to you that they're considering? Yeah, they're looking, well, they're looking at, uh, potentially putting it with, uh, you know, the, the, the audio section, on the the central hall, right? Well, he, I think he had talked about, yeah, in the central hall. Yeah. Um, I think that would be, man, if we could get up front there, Rob, that would be, that would be like huge. Yeah. But that, it does sound like they're, they're all in and, yeah. and we're, they've created a committee of sorts, which is currently comprised of you, me and, and R- R- Rob Walsh and Rob McCracken. Yeah. Um, that can help guide them um, down this path of creating a much bigger presence for podcasting at the NAB show. Mm-hmm. Um, they're looking at potentially doing it uh, at the NAB show back in New York. Right. And it's coming up uh, here, what, in October, November or something yeah. like that? Yeah. And, and I basically said the only way that we would probably be interested in going to New York, at least for my company, would be is if we if it would be a uh, media buyer focused. Um, yeah. I, I just don't, uh, you know, the, the cost to do two shows is huge, but you know, I, I don't know. We'll see what they come up with for, uh, for New York. Cause it's a, it's a relatively small show. The one in New York. Yeah. But they're open to yeah. ideas on how to, how to bring the industry to that event. I mean, yep. I, our, our representative that uh, we're talking to that's doing this, uh, he wasn't even aware of the new media shows right. involvement in AB, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Because um, I told him that we had already been exhibitors at the NAB, you know, just like three years ago. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> and had had experience doing that. Um, and I had, having a designated area for podcasting. And I talked also about being because we've exhibited NAB before without any podcast relationship uh, and some of the yeah. challenges that we had and you know being stuck in the nosebleed area and 
I said, it's, you know, for up for me anyway, if you can put the pavilion in an area that I know there's going to, because I know the traffic trends at these events, if I'm in the nosebleed area, I, I will not sign a contract until I know where the pavilion is going to be, where it's physically going to be. And uh, it, it, if I'm like stuck in no man's land, um, it's not even worth going. So, uh, you know, location, 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 location. And, you know, usually the only way you get to a good location is be at the show 10 years and move up into those spots. But if they have a place to drop us um, as a pavilion, um, I'm I'm all in uh, to go, you know, if especially if it's going to be a pavilion with pods, I, I don't. I don't know how many of us want 10 by 10 booths, but I, I think pods are a better mix for, for that event. Yeah. Well, and they're trying to, trying to decide if they're going to have a, you know, like a, a panel or content yeah. uh, at, at, at that event. Um, I guess he had worked with the uh, um, at, you know, with the advanced ad pavilion. Mm-hmm. So he was familiar with that. I told him that, you and I and and Rob had done a, a panel in that that particular pavilion and yep. and and he was aware of that and and that uh, you know if we were able to do something like that too have a little content area in there and if um, that would be a good thing potentially as well but I I didn't want them to to go down this path of saying well we're going to do all the podcast stuff down there on the floor but right. we're not going to do it up with the radio track. Um, so I, I was hoping that they would make sure that they did a parallel track on that, um, have it down on the show floor as well as up, up with the radio professionals. Yeah. I didn't talk about that specific part of it. So what, was there any response from him on that or? Yeah, I think he was, you know, he's talking to, to Josh about this stuff. And I think Josh's tendency is wanting to develop that content area up in the, the radio track, um, you know, like a parallel to the radio track kind, right. of, kind of concept. I think he wants to keep that going. What they're trying to decide is whether or not they're going to have any show floor content at all. Oh. Um, and is it worth it for them to, to pursue that? And I, I told him certainly, you know, we're more than happy to participate in the advanced advertising um, pavilion on the floor if they choose not to have a content area. If you yeah. just want to put that all over there. Um, that might make some sense since we've kind of already established that as, as a place that is important for, for broadcasters to talk about monetization. But I, I, you know, I think it would be good if we had an area where we could, you know, if there was a you know podcast pavilion type of thing, I think yeah. it'd be good to have a small stage there where we could have some stuff, yeah. but I, I don't know, you know, I, <laughs> It depends on how much space they want to devote to this, and how many right. exhibitors right. You know, that they could have. I think, you know, like the Shure and the Sennheisers and and the Audio Technica folks would want to be around that. Well, right, they, they but they've already have their booths in that area, so that's they're right. they're not going to want to have a mini booth there. So, you no, know, how, that's that's true. So, how do we incorporate this this podcast area up? You know, in that same area with those other shows well, those I, other companies I think you have to have a um, if you're dropped in the middle of that I think you're going to be fine because you're you know it's yeah. it, depending on how many vendors come 
you know, this is a, a much more expensive show to do than, let's say, podcast movement. Um, yeah. You know, just the, the overall fees are going to be higher. So I don't think you'll get a lot of the guys that are doing like little startups. They're going to come there because of the, you know, the, the expense, expense uh, yeah. to, you know, to bring stuff in. So what, what can we, what can we count on? Can we count on all the podcast vendors there? Will, you know, will, uh, you know, will mid-roll participate? Will ACAST participate? Will, um, you know, will, will Podbean and Buzzsprout and all those other groups come? Uh, I don't know if they will or not. Um, yeah. It's, it's, uh, that's the question because it's mm -hmm. a different audience. You know, you're not. You know, here's the thing. You're not, <laughs> you're not going there to talk to podcasters. You're going there to talk to corporate America. Uh, and if you don't have a corporate, a leaning product, you might as well not even go. You know, if you yeah. don't have something you can order or uh, offer uh, corporate America. Um, Though Todd, I, you know, I think that's an interesting question. And I think it's, it's, it's one that I, I, I did talk to, um, talk to him about, um, was the whole thing of can that show attract uh, regular podcasters uh, to even attend? Man. And I think that the, I mean, if you think about what the new media show did, let's let's back up and look at the thirty thousand foot view here. The new media show incorporated themselves into that event and were able to attract regular podcasters. Right. Um, but they so, had a whole tr they had a full track, and it wasn't just podcasting right. either. It was blogging, and even though it wasn't executed great. Um, it yeah. was a it was a show within a show, but I guess what I'm trying to say is that it, it, I guess if it's positioned um, correctly, maybe it could be an attractive place for podcasters to to attend and not just corporate America. Well, here's the problem: podcast movement is the show right yeah, now for podcasting. Right. Most right. podcasters can't afford to go to two shows. If I was going to tell any podcaster what show to go to, I'm going to tell them to go to Podcast Movement. Sure. That's the show they need to go to as a podcaster. It's designed from the ground up for independence. Now, they're doing a radio segment as well, but that's fine. They're going to come and join the party. But NAB, yeah. um, it's, it's a whole different animal. So... Uh, in, independent podcasters that want to, you know, the show at NAB is, you know, first of all, most of podcasters don't have any idea how big this show is. It's massive. So it, let's say a podcaster comes to this event, and unless there's a bunch of sessions that make sense for them to come, they're going to come talk to each one of us and spend a couple of hours in the pavilion, and then they're going to go talk to Shure, and they're going to go around and Mackie and all the other audio vendors, and that's going to be half a day, and then they're going to be like, wandering around their minds blown by all the TV and all this other stuff. Um, it, it, for most of them, their wallets can't handle the cost of the stuff that's at this show. Yeah. Um, so it, it's a whole different, it's a whole different event. Uh, so they have to have, in order to attract podcasters, they're going to have to have some meaningful, sessions yeah. and meaningful speakers that make it worth coming but i don't think they're going to be able to attract to, you know i, well, the, I i'm not going I mean, I to see podcasts yeah no I, I i see your point i think it gets back to the question of uh what does the future look like for the nab does the future 
focus on traditional media or does that event focus on new media uh, and how these traditional media companies are becoming new media um, companies. And, and maybe that, that means that they start building content around trying to attract new media creators um, and trying to look to, to be more inclusive uh, instead of making an event that only focuses on, you know, ABC, NBC, CBS, you know, all of these big networks. Um, yeah, because, because you see live stream there and you see these, these platforms that are being developed to cater to independent creators. And and when, Um, when I walk into the live stream booth, who do I see? I see people that I know in the space. Yeah. Yeah. So there, Lewis was there. Yeah. They're they're there. Or, or Luria was there. Well, she was actually, you know, doing live, but you know, they're there, you know, in the live, And so for podcasters, they're doing live, you know, there's a lot to spend and also another thing too is all the live companies are in that same area of central hall yeah. and well, at least yeah. uh, you know live stream and a few others yeah the new tech guys are you know in the in the top of central in the back but that's where they've always been but yeah and i would like to see more podcasters get involved in video um and and maybe over time that there's opportunities for podcasters on the broadcast radio side um, so I can see these worlds blending together more than they have, but it does still feel like there, there's this strata that exists with that event where it's like, well, podcasters really don't get a benefit from going to this. 10 years ago when I went, I couldn't afford anything. Yeah, but it's changing. It's right? changing. Now I can go in there and there is some stuff that I want to incorporate here in the studio that are in my, in my affordability range. And I stress that with, you know, this is one of the things I, in the early days we went in there, I'm like, okay, you've got this great live streaming system. It's $45,000. I said, we need a system that costs five, you know, a $5,000 system. Cause you know, I'm calculating how much it's going to cost for computer cards and et cetera. And we're well below that point now of being able to have a great live system. You know, it's, it's under $5,000 to do three cameras now and have a standalone system. So they've listened and they brought stuff to market. So it's still though way on the top price end of even some shows. You know, a lot of guys are doing live on Facebook with just a webcam, which is fine. But yeah. Um, yeah. So I, 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 there's stuff there, but the hotel pricing is really high during NAB. It's, you know, it's, yeah. It's a different well, you just gig. stay at the Circus Circus, or you stay up in the off of Fremont Street. I right will time. not stay at Circus Circus. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, and Fremont Street is a place to be if you want to save a little money. Even though the prices there are starting to go up a little bit, are they? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. Well, they're because t- it's they people are overflowing into downtown now because the events have grown, especially CES. See, this oh, yeah. is massive, that's, and it's there's not enough hotels on the strip to hold them all. That's that's turned into a monster show. It's no monster, yeah, yeah. And and I think you know, from my perspective, NAB attendance was it looked to me to be down. And to be quite frank with you, the traffic that was in North Hall, where a lot of radio, where a lot of the radio people are, I have had reservations about being in North Hall. Um, I just don't think the traffic, the traffic is, ex- is exciting up there in that audio section of central. There's enough traffic there to, you know, keep me excited. They stick us over oh, yeah. in North hall somewhere. I've, I've got concerns. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I'd rather be around all the, you know, audio vendors, not over where, you know, the 50 by 50s are, where Everett's and all those, you know, big radio studio companies are. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I guess I'm just trying to think of, you know, where does the future of this medium live? And, and I also noticed that there weren't a lot of public radio people at NAB either, because I guess it does lean towards more commercial radio. Um, well, a lot of them have, just remember, a lot of the, you don't see the actual radio people. They're, they've got their suites and they're doing their meetings and you just yeah. see the vendors that support equipment to these companies. It's just, it's not like FM 100 has a booth. That, that doesn't exist there. Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. But I didn't see many public radio people getting involved in um, any of the content sessions. Oh, I, no, I, they, I, I didn't see public radio people there from an attendee perspective. Um, that, that section of the podcasting community wasn't, wasn't there. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of interesting to me, I guess, you know, the NAB show still has its niche, right? Oh yeah. And it's, it happens to be a big niche, but it's, it, it's also built on traditional media. Yeah. And, and it, it just feels like that they're starting to, the opportunities opening up, right. To it, them being open to more new media stuff. Now. Well, I'm excited because, well, they, they know where the future is. They, they, they see the trends. Yeah. It's, you know, they're talking a lot about it. So, yep. you know, that's, you know, they're not, they're not, foolish and it may have been a little early for them before but I, I guess we'll see where this goes but you know I told the again I told the rep there I said I'm you know what I'm looking at is I'm I'm going to meet corporate I'm going to go I'm this is who I'm expecting to see at NAB I'm, you know and yeah. for me success of that event is you know signing five corporate clients going to podcast movement my success rate is signing a hundred podcasters to our service you know that you know, there's different different perspectives on where we go. And, you know, and yeah. also at Podcast Move It, what am I doing? I'm waving a flag. I'm still in business. We're still here. Let's talk. You know, let's catch up. Um, you know, yeah. it's it, it's different. It's a whole different show. Yeah, totally. You but, know. And that Podcast Movement planning is in full swing. I know I'm I'm pretty busy doing stuff with it too, trying to get ready. Yeah, haven't seen the uh, floor selections yet. Haven't got any of that information. So I'm Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen it either. I'm, you know, we're I'm, I'm sure we'll we'll see it at some point, but uh it well, it's we're still a few months off. We're yeah, still a few months but off. Usually we have our and maybe they're still getting vendors, so they're having to you know, the floor size is adjusting. I don't know, but, uh, Dan, if you're listening, we're, what, what's the skinny? Where are we at on that? Uh, when are we going to get to pick our booze? Um, yes. so, uh, you know, I knew it was it's in, in process. So, so have you made all your reservations for down there? Yeah. I think we've got our hotels all set up and everything. I haven't set up any flights yet or anything, but yeah, I haven't done I that think yet we've either. booked our rooms and, and all that, but uh, yeah, it's going to be a busy summer. You know, it's, 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 it blows me away. It's May twentieth. I'm like, where the hell is this year going already? Yeah, you know, well, it's, it's almost half over. It's crazy. It, re it really, really is. But uh, we're nearing the end here. We're at about an hour thirty. Just to let everyone know. Um, if you guys don't know, my wife is now working for Hawaiian Airlines. She's actually a 
customer service agent at ANA. Um, she has worked her schedule. My son graduates from middle school on Thursday, and you know that's I guess that's a big thing now. They, you got to graduate from middle school before you go to high school. But um, my youngest son is who is uh, will be uh, fourteen. He's asking and has been asking to go. He's a couple things he wants to see in Kyoto, Japan. He's wanted to write on Shinkansen and a few other things. So uh, because she can fly for free and she's got the crystal ball of being able to look and see what the seating looks like for Japan, uh, she is basically, we're going to try uh, this coming Friday to uh, make a mad dash to Japan for just two or three days. Um, I think we, I landed back here Wednesday morning at uh, like 7 a.m. or something like that, Honolulu time, but you know, you lose a day going, you gain a day coming back. But, um, so Rob, I have to apologize. Maybe no show next Saturday. Okay. That's so, all right. um, we can give, give those that listen to this show or watch this show, a, a, a week off to, to enjoy their spring. Yeah. So that, On a Saturday uh, morning. <laughs> you know, that, that's my apologies here Just uh, but you know, sometimes I, dad's got to say, yep, let's, I'm, I'm signed off. We'll go. And, and when you can fly for free. Or actually, you have to pay the tax. It's a pretty good deal. <laughs> yeah, it's a good deal. You can you can make last minute plans for that. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and we may not get on. I might still be here. You know, if, if uh, I'll let you know Friday if we. Well, if you don't hear from me Friday, you'll know that I've escaped. <laughs> but if we well, don't, I'm sure you'll post something to Facebook about it. Cause yeah, that's how I keep up with what's going on with you anyway. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> that's that's at least the, the initial plan here, but. Anyway, I hope you guys have uh, gotten a lot out of the show today. You can tell Rob and I are a little bit anxious about some of the stuff going on in the space. So um, keep your ears to the ground. If you hear something, if you're a corporate leader and you've listened to this part of the show and you got something to say or add to our conversation or want to, um, how should we say, um, contest. Set us straight. We'd love to hear from you. And I know that there's some of you that always send us little notes. Uh, you're more than welcome to come on the show and, you know, kind of share your perspective. I know that some of you are a little nervous to do so uh, just because you don't necessarily want to be on the public side of agreeing with us. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe, this, maybe that's not fair. Um Todd, we're so controversial. Uh, well, we're, you know, but we try to be nice. So, um, but this, you know, this East Coast bubble thing is, is getting a little ridiculous. Yeah. Well, it's what it is. It is. You know, we still, still want to be friends with the East Coast bubble. Yeah. But uh, it's, it makes it hard though sometimes. It's like, I'm thinking, man, I go to New York from my, you know, to do this trip I'm doing in June, I'm going to have to wear a bulletproof vest when I make the rounds, you know. <laughs> it's going to be snipers in the buildings looking for that, that orange shirt or, and have or, like a big target or, on your back. Or maybe they could just absolutely give two shits. Maybe they don't care, you know. I, that's probably more likely. Than yeah, just, you know. You know, you're, you're from Hawaii. Yeah, you, you. That's right. You independent <laughs> podcaster, you. Yes, yes. You, 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 you scum. You know, let me squash on you with my foot, you know. <laughs> you do your podcast in your bedroom, Todd. You're so bad. Yes, I do, and I'm proud of it. A 10 by 12 bedroom where the sun is 
is is bright and making my face look like it has a spotlight on it so um anyway it's uh yeah because i can't afford a studio i live here in hawaii it's you know they it's they sell property or rent property by the square inch here (laughs) (laughs) yeah well that's true space is a premium there because you it's not, you live on a small island. And we're not making any more dirt. That's Well, you know, they are on the big island, but that won't be habitable for another 500 years. Yeah, so, uh, right. It's still yeah. cooling. <laughs> <laughs> or or you may end up building on it, and a lot of people have, and then end up with no house two or three years later when the lava flow changes and, yes. and, and yeah. burns it down. Mother yeah, Nature will true. not be stopped. Yep. So the key, the key is leaving Hawaii. I just think keep pushing like you know so you know the goal is to try to make a move here by 2019 i, I don't know if it's going to happen or not but that that is the end goal oh, uh, or maybe okay. 20 it depends on when my son graduates but you know I, that's kind of the my hopefully my plan i want to get back to the mainland where i can afford to retire when i'm 60 not to have to work until i'm 80 and die so <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah. All right. Well, hey, Todd, thanks. Everyone, yeah. thanks for being here. Everyone, take care. We'll see you. And again, send your comments to, of course, I'm Todd, uh, Todd at blueberry.com. You can follow me at Geek News on Twitter. Rob? You can follow me uh, at, on Twitter, Rob at Rob Greenlee, and that's with two E's on the end. Uh, that's a great place. Or you can send me an email. You can send it to Rob at Spreaker.com, where I'm the head of content over there. And I do do a weekly show over there as well um, called the Spreaker Live Show. It's at SpreakerLiveShow.com, and I do that live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. Talk about podcasting. What else is there to talk about? That's right, right. And you can join me on your podcast at PowerPressPodcast.com as well every other week. So that's uh, one of the four shows I'm doing right now. But uh, if you haven't listened to Adam Curry interview on PodcastLegends.com, do that. We're going to start taking appointments for anyone that's been podcasting from uh at least 10 years if you've been podcasting at least 10 years we're going to start doing interviews uh, shortly on that show again too so all right everyone thanks for being here we'll see uh maybe next week if not it'll be uh, two weeks from now here on the on the new media show everyone take care we'll see you bye-bye okay bye